the 24th, then the year 2000, we're in the mayor household, and sitting in is my wife Marjorie, and my daughter Lynn Humphrey, and her daughters Lauren Humphrey and Kirsten Humphrey, and I am Dean Mayor. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the souvenirs I brought back from the war in Europe and some of the uh, things that happened when I was over there. Any, I'll try to answer any questions that the girls have that take less than a half hour to answer. <laughs> so, were you asking a question when we decided to take this man? Yeah, um, on this um, plaque that you got from the, the um, latest uh, reunion. On the that wasn't the list. latest one, it was oh. the, the second one back. Oh, okay, in September of 96. Yeah. Um, in Orlando, um, it lists several battles, and uh, mm -hmm. I was wondering if you were in very many, like, major battles or were you in a lot of things where you were going through and taking over towns and, and uh, a battle is called a battle by by the army uh, if it meets certain criteria certain numbers of people involved certain minimum areas involved and that kind of thing that's uh, and it has to be very large in each of those aspects in oh. order to be called a battle Oh, I see. Like the, the Battle of the Bulge mm -hmm. had uh, two or three million people involved. Mm -hmm. And that classified as a battle. Wow. But a sub-battle at that same one is the, the Battle of the Ardennes, mm -hmm. which it was, it was a part of the Battle of the Bulge, but they, after the war, uh, decided that that, that sub-battle was big enough that it could have classified as a battle itself, so they mm. put it, oh. they added it as an, as an extra battle. Oh, okay. So does that answer your question well enough? Yeah, when you're in a battle, is that what's considered being on the front lines and otherwise oh, you, you have spend to, a lot of You have to be on the front lines to be considered having been in a battle. Oh, okay. But it was just as dangerous to be in, in the, what did they call the other ones, skirmishes? when you were going oh, through the towns uh, and there were people You never up. knew uh, when you were in it whether you were in a battle that they called a battle or not. Oh, okay. Because you didn't know what was going on 200 miles from you no. or 50 miles from you or 200 yards from you in many instances. Wow. Uh, that's the way it is. Just kind of followed orders and did what they did. Mm-hmm. Well, as they say, uh, a war is is a strange thing to define because if you are fighting someone that is 20 feet from you and he is armed and you are armed and it's your each is each of yours aims to get the other one out of the action, you are in a war, mm. even if there's no nothing else going on around you whatsoever. Yeah, it's a war to you. Yeah. Um, mm. A war is a war is a war. <laughs> While I was uh, in the States during training, uh, I 
was in California at the time, and uh, I got a pass into Los Angeles, and I ran into a fellow there that was working in uh, a a war plant that made some of the the things that our uh, our spies made that were used. Oh. And one of those things was were little cameras that were shaped the same exact size as the cigarette packs of that time. Oh. And I have a sample here that Ooh. was made that was not finished to it was finished only to be a sample. Oh. But it, it was when they made them finally for the spies' use, they would be covered on the outside with the paint and so on to make them look like a pack of Lucky Strike cigarettes. Oh, interesting. But uh, this one, of course, uh, this was before they would put any camouflage paint or any Lucky Strike or anything like mm. that on the outside. Mm. But it, is, it, it was made to as an exact duplicate in size and shape in every way that, that someone could see if you had it in your hands they would think you had a pack of cigarettes mm. most certainly mm. but uh, this protruding lever on one corner uh, each time it was depressed and allowed to come back out it took a picture mm. so if someone say got into a German headquarters or something and was able to take some some pictures of some documents, say some maps of where their troops were, mm. something of that nature. Uh, he could. There, it was adjustable for the amount of light that comes in, mm. and uh, it was adjustable for several things. I won't go into all the details, but uh, he could take it. It was used a 16 millimeter motion picture film, oh. so you could one roll of film, and show you the inside. Mm. It, uh, the, the, the roll of film was like this. And I'll get it out. Oh, that's See, the, the film was only that wide. It's like mm. motion picture film. But you could get many, many pictures, mm. like 150 on one roll. Oh. So they didn't have to, to uh, replace the film very often. And it was extremely efficient. Did it tell you when you were low on film, I wonder? Uh, the numbers back oh, here tells yeah. you where you are on the roll of film taken. Mm. See through the through oh. people. Mm. Oh, cool. And there's, <coughs> there's an instruction book that uh, how to, how to use it so on and so on. I wonder if you could still get film for it. It's certainly oh, yeah. I took some pictures with this one, and, and I have some in my album. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, you mean you took some pictures during the war with that? Yeah, out, out west when the, when the guy that worked in the place got it for me. Mm -hmm. It was just a sample that they mm -hmm. were going to throw away. Oh, okay. So, me. So you you took it before you even <coughs> went overseas? Oh yeah, I didn't take it long overseas, but you weren't allowed to. Oh yeah, I suppose not. Ah, oh, this is a color dull gray. And let's see. 
I always put these back in here differently after every time I show anyone. Project Kids got a big banner. I'm looking at that. Now. What the camera? No. Oh, the souvenirs? Yeah. And that was a year ago last hmm. Christmas time. Yes, this was the infantry division. And when you hear me talk about division, this was the patch that you wore on your sleeve of that division. And if you, honey, would, would uh, bring that jacket out from the war, it's in the Oh. And that uh, mossproof bag in there. You see how they're mm -hmm. used. Uh, uh, remember the picture I showed you? Mm -hmm. uh, or, or was it? Maybe I guess I showed it to your husband last night. Um, it showed the monument that was put up by the French oh. in the little town of, of Spickerin Heights. Mm. That was in that area that that where we fought the SS mountain troopers, mm. and they put up a a granite replica of this, about eight nine feet high, wow. and it's beautiful. I've so seen many pictures you. of it. Pe people have gone over there. Some mm. some from the division were there when it was dedicated, mm. and there are now people have. Uh, kind of patterned on that monument that's over there and made one in the camp that we trained in in Oregon just before we went overseas. And also uh, there's one in now in Fort Benning, which was the is the permanent infantry camp in the United States, Fort Benning, oh. Georgia. Oh, okay. And they, they put up a, a same size one, exactly the same, and the same kind of granite even down there. So I have a book now that shows all the, the monuments all over the world that are commemorating our division and what we did and so on. How many divisions were there? They gave you a lot of patches. Oh, oh well, these are all the same. I just, just more patches. Mm -hmm. I bought some. Oh, you can buy? Okay. <laughs> well, I bought them a long time ago. Like after the war? Yeah, right after the war. Oh, okay. Yeah. Huh. Uh, let me see. Shall we start? Here's some more patches. Oh, I was in the I was in the Air Force for a short time. Mm. That was the Air Corps then. There wasn't an Air Force. It was oh. the Army Air Corps. Oh, okay. And I was in it for a short time, and then they needed people in the infantry worse, so they sent me back to the infantry oh, where my training had been. Oh man. And That's I had too bad. I, got, I, I took I took a, a college course for a time to. Uh, Learn some things you needed to know. Weren't they going to give you a, a four-year college course plus officer's training and mm -hmm. something like 18 months or something? Yeah. You were, because well, you had passed okay. the most difficult no, tests, okay. so they put no, you in the, that No, the most difficult test ones, I, I think you're thinking of the time I was in the uh, Air Corps, I was an aviation cadet. You mean with your eyes? And, yeah. No, I'm thinking that's the way you got put into that uh, program in the first place, wasn't it? Because you took different tests when you enlisted. Oh yeah, they, into this program. Yeah, yeah. And they put you in that program because right. you've done so well in the tests. Uh, I'll these back for a little while. Okay. Well, this is that's this. They're a solid wall. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know that was in there. Oh, you didn't? 
I don't well, it looks like somebody. I don't think it's. I think that just happened at 74. I don't think it. Is. Why would somebody put something in Orator 74? Oh, hmm. wait a minute. No, I, I don't have any idea. No, you don't. Is this what you wore during the military? Yeah, that's yeah, this what is I wore. Actual. That's what I had on when I was discharged from the Army and came home. But not when he well, was, so was fighting. Like, not when I was oh, fighting. Was this isn't, this, this, you don't wear these things. This is dressing them on. Oh, okay. You wear what they call fatigues. Oh, yeah. Now they have fatigues that are camouflaged. You've seen mm, pictures yeah. of them and seen people with them on, maybe. Well, is that what you were? Were you just plain green? Did, your, the, did you wear the camouflage ones or were you just No, plain? they didn't have those then. We had just plain green. Oh, okay. Hmm. OD, they call them olive drab. Oh, yeah. Well, there's sergeant stripes. You've probably oh. heard about sergeants. Uh, yeah. This is an overseas stripe. Oh. Means you were in combat in some other country than the United States. Oh, okay. And this they just sewed on your, just before, as you were being discharged after the <laughs> war was over, they sewed this on to show you that you were, it's, we, we call it a ruptured duck, but it's supposed to be <laughs> a, 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 an eagle that uh, sure. has a wreath around it. That you were in oh. service. That's, that's all that means, that you were in in the United States Army service during the war. Uh, when you are transferred from one division to another one, if you are, and I was after the end of the war because they were trying to get people with the same uh, kinds of records to uh, the same background and so on to be in a, a unit that could come home because there were only so many ships and they had to take them by, by what record they had of how long they had been in service and, and uh, whether they were married and had kids or anything mm -hmm. like that, give you a certain number of points. And when mm -hmm. you had enough points and at a given time, that that group would get to the boats and get home. Yeah, that was a great idea. Well, they had to do it some way because there mm -hmm. wasn't enough ships to bring five million people from Europe over the, to the States. But I'm glad they didn't do it. But uh, and when you moved from one outfit to another, you had to put uh, a different patch on because that's oh. where you go in. So uh, you moved your your normal patch, which would have been over here. This one was originally over there. Oh, so you had to move it over to here, showing that you had been in this one. This was your home outfit. But now you were in transferred to this one. Oh. That's 78th Division. Did you have to sew it on, or did somebody else do that for you? Well. Some people did sew them on. In fact, I sewed this one on, oh. as you can see by the kind of stitching, the stitching and so yeah. on. Yeah, that's kind of neat. Why did they get this on? It looks glued on. It doesn't look. Oh, it's it's sewed on from the oh, back. Oh, I guess if you look really closely, they can they, see they sewed it on. Stitches. I didn't do it. <laughs> so what was and this? A lightning brigade? They called it lightning, but it's it's a division. Mm. It was the 78th Division. Ours was the 70th. And these are how long you've been in the service. Mm, three years. That shows three years. And this is that every time you get three of these, then you get one of these. Mm. And then you're supposed to take these off. But oh. I, I didn't have a chance to get these off, and I was shipped back to the States, and I was going through all the stuff, and you didn't have a chance to change anything. Mm. So 
I should have taken these off and left this one by itself. Mm -hmm. I didn't get a chance to. Mm -hmm. So, this, by the way, was More called a, an Eisenhower jacket. And it was called that because originally all these jackets went out. In fact, this very one, when it was issued to me, was down, it was this long. It wasn't, I uh, didn't have a belt around here, but it had a, a big separate belt that went around with a big buckle on it, a big brass buckle on the front. It was your dress uniform. Well, General Eisenhower, who was the, the head of the entire European campaign before he, way before he was president, uh, he had his tailored, his uh, regular jacket that was this long, he had it tailored to look like this. He oh. thought it looked classier. Oh. So when the war in Europe ended, we decided, oh gee, we'd like to look like General Eisenhower. <laughs> so, I mean, we, all the guys over in Europe, got this same idea. We wanted to look like General Eisenhower because it looked neater and it was nicer to wear because this floppy thing that's down here all the time it just isn't very convenient. Mm -hmm. So we get German tailors to cut them down for us. Oh, so you had And pretty soon, done. pretty soon, that the, the army caught on to the, the, the most of their people were getting them cut down. That they decided to do it, and they changed the regulation. And this became the regulation uniform. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> I never heard that one. Yeah, but the only time that the the soldiers got to lead something oh. and change something that the army <laughs> normally says, this is the way it is. That's going to give you a little sense of some control in yeah. your life. Yeah, that was about all of it. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, oh, something that my folks sent to me right after I got overseas. Put in my shirt pocket. <laughs> Stayed there <laughs> the whole time through the war. You weren't seeing anybody seriously at all before you left, were you? Not seriously, no. Mm -hmm. uh, still waiting for that one. Who was going to come along? Go on three days with and know it was the right one. <laughs> well, I have a. I have a pistol in there that I took off of a German SS colonel mm -hmm. that uh, I was going to try to show you everything I had to do during the war rather mm. than after the war here. That was after the war? Uh, during the war, it was almost impossible for me, being in the infantry, to take anything that I could say uh, if I came to a bombed out house and had a beautiful something there that I could... Mm. I could carry with me, but when you're in the infantry, you can't do that yeah. because you, every everything that you can carry, you want to, it to be something to help preserve your life. Right. <laughs> so I had I had two the kind of grenades you've probably seen pictures of, the little kind indentations, of yeah, and squares all the way around it. Yeah. I had two of those on uh, hanging on this pocket. Wow. I had one white phosphorus grenade, different type of grenade. It makes anything burn that it contacts. Mm. I had that over here, that was last 
resort in case our gun, our machine gun was about to be taken over, I was going to use that grenade. Oh, okay. I never had to use it. Mmm, that's good. That was a rough one. So, now I forget what I was going to tell you about. Oh, you're oh, talking about uh, yeah. everything you had to carry and that yeah, you really couldn't uh, carry much out of the country. And you would carry, you'd get K-rations, which were just a box about that long and that wide and, and that thick. That was one meal. Mm. And there were three different kinds of them, a breakfast mm. one, a lunch one, and a dinner one. Okay. They had the same exact thing in every breakfast one and every oh, lunch really? one and every dinner There's one. No all had, they, they were the same. So. What was in them? Well, what was in them? In the breakfast one, there was a can of cheese and a little pack of crackers and uh, a little envelope that had uh, dehydrated coffee in, like, mm. like freeze-dried coffee, you know. Mm -hmm. um, that's all it was in the, the Cheese and crackers one. for breakfast and coffee. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, what else could you have? <laughs> And that kind of a thing. They had mm. to. It had to be all dried foods because mm. you, uh, you, the weight would be too great otherwise. Mm. Yeah. And as it was, you could put about three of those meal packets in, into your side pockets of mm. your combat jacket. Mm. And that was, if you didn't get some more food by the next day, you went without. Mm. So. Usually tried to keep one back until mm, and save it for the if the worst comes to worst and you didn't get any any supplies up for two or three days, mm. that anything you'd held back would be the only thing you'd have. Wow. And you wanted stories. I think you've heard this one many. But, uh, the girls would enjoy it, maybe. <laughs> one time we were we were cut off in a sense surrounded and we didn't get any water or food for about three and a half four days something like that mm -hmm. and we were scattered around the top of a hill so we were we had our own little defense line around this little hill mm -hmm. and we I had my squad setting setting up with a machine gun uh, and we were in a little around around this little hill like this so I could see the the ones the the guy in the next foxhole to my right or in the next foxhole to my left but I couldn't see the ones that were the on the outside because mm. the line curved around the top of this hill mm -hmm. so after uh, several days without any food mm. and the only water you had was taking some snow and you have to be very careful about that because you get sick. Too cold? Oh, you, you get, get sick? You actually get sick of trying to eat, eat snow. Why? Uh, well, it, your body doesn't accept it. It's too cold. It, it takes it takes uh, the all the heat out of your, your insides and uh, your body starts rejecting what you're doing and it wants to shut down. Wow, That's what I happens. didn't know that. So you can, you can eat some but you can't eat very much. So you were probably so thirsty so, as oh, much yeah. as hungry. Like so anyway, I, I found that my jacket on the one side had 
Uh, they had, we had great big pockets in the jackets. Mm -hmm. so you could spread your hand out and still slide it right down in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> big pockets, so you could carry a couple of K rations in each mm -hmm. if, you, if you had them. Well, anyway, I found that, gee, I had a little little hole in the bottom of one pocket and, and uh, a sugar cube from one of these K rations had hmm. gone down into that hole and was was back in the seam back around the back. Mm -hmm. So I worked the doggone thing out and got this thing out and it was dark when I when I found it. And I thought, oh doggone, I'm gonna share this. There was another guy in the hole with me, the mm -hmm. the, the gunner, uh, machine gunner was in the hole with me. And uh, there was another hole that was quite close on our, on our left. He was assistant gunner. Mm -hmm. He'd take over if the machine gunner got knocked out. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, well, I can break this maybe into three pieces if I'm really lucky. Those, those, those sugar cubes are really hard. They're hard to break because mm -hmm. we can't, there's much you can get a hold of. Mm -hmm. So I broke it into three pieces and I gave, gave one to my gunner in the hole with me and the one to this guy over here. He was, maybe his hole was five, six feet away from us. Mm. And I, did, I didn't think anything about it. Wow, the next morning, we the Germans had come up to us a little closer and we we worked them back with fire and the machine gun. Mm. And that next morning, one of the guys from the furthest out hole on, on my left, he came crawling across after the Germans were starting to retreat from mm -hmm. their attack. He came crawling across to see if uh, how everybody was doing over in our hole and if we had any news of what was, if anybody was going to come in and relieve us to try mm -hmm. to rescue us out of the pocket mm -hmm. or what. And he comes over there and I, I think it was, it was the gunner that said, uh, wow, we didn't we didn't have anything to eat either except a, a little piece of sugar that Dean found in his in his jacket seam. And that guy brought up his rifle. He was going to shoot me. Oh my goodness! And one of the other guys was right there, the guy that had been in the pocket in the uh, hole to the left of me. He uh, was put his hands up and jumped in front of him. Guy dissuaded me. He, he he didn't stay. He, it was just a shock. Suddenly, somebody had some food and I didn't get any. Oh, a wow. little piece. I probably had a piece of sugar about that big cube. Wow, <laughs> that was generous of you to share it with the other guys because a lot of people after they didn't eat for days. Well, like that, his first thought was he was anybody. being had. He he just didn't oh, he didn't man. get fair share. Of, some food. Oh, and it shows you how hungry you can get. Oh yeah, and, and oh later that guy he apologized to he apologized to me once. He apologized <laughs> to me sixty or eighty <laughs> times for days and days and days uh, after that. He probably felt he yeah. was like out of his yeah. mind. He felt really guilty. Oh. Okay. Wow. Yeah, did you guys have any uh, desire to see that pistol? Um, sure. Okay.
Uh, we we had a little omission here. We didn't have the recorder on for a few minutes, and finally, Lynn, I guess, noticed that the recorder mm. wasn't on. So we are uh, we are just going to omit the part that we talked about in the meantime. Uh, I was discussing what what weapons I carried at different times during the war in Europe, and we were down to. I just had gotten a uh, sniper rifle, uh, it was called a, a 1903 Springfield rifle. Just a, we call them O3s, and they that was wonderful because I got into the next city was Forbach, France, and we got into a quite a battle just inside the city limits. There was a hospital there. Uh, a Catholic hospital run run by a bunch of nuns, and they had been out of food and uh, out of any kind of, of medical supplies or anything for several weeks, mm. because uh, the German army had been retreating through their area, mm. and they just uh, weren't able to get any supplies up. So they were having a terrible time. So we came into the fringes of their hospital. And the Germans counterattacked just then. So I had a, this scope rifle, and we were in the edge of the, the uh, hospital building, big, big old uh, multi-story brick building. And I looked out, and I could have one of the windows on the second floor. I could. I could see right down one of the streets to an intersection and another intersection beyond that. Wow. It was probably a quarter mile away. Wow. And I saw a, a German soldier run across the intersection, that second one down. I won't get you around. <laughs> and I thought, boy, one ran across there, maybe more. That's the same way you have to watch for deer around here. When mm -hmm. one goes across, you very likely there's going to be another one follow it. So I got lined up on that intersection, got my sights all set up and everything for that distance that I aimed to judge it to be. By George, there, there goes a, a guy running across. I could see he had something big on his back. Mm. And he was walking across and trying to run as best he could. You could tell he had a lot of weight. So I let him have it, and he went down. And we found out later that some of the mortars that we had been getting, the shells coming in on us while we were coming into that hospital area, had been fired by the mortar that guy was carrying on his back to set up a new place. Oh, wow. So wow. We didn't find so that, that out really for a couple helped. days later when we got down there and saw what he had on his back. Because he was right out in the middle of the intersection. Oh, and, and nobody could, came and took it? And no. Made not, well, we had, they, you could see that we, he had gotten shot there. They weren't going to oh, go out there. Okay. Wow. Thank goodness. That was a pretty yeah. big, uh, saved a lot of lives. See, these, these go in like this. Oh. And then all you have to do is pull the slide back mm -hmm. and it'll put a, a bullet into the, the chamber here, oh. and then every time you fire, it pulls another one in automatically. Oh. It pulls back and goes forward with a new bullet, and you, so you can fire as fast as you can pull the trigger. That's good. Until you're seven 
shells were on that. Mm. 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 Is that tape? Yeah. Okay. Did you have trouble getting ammunition for? You mentioned so many different times you traded guns with different people. Would, were any of them, including that German SS yeah, officer, that was, done hard to get bullets for? That was, oh, I, I wouldn't have been able to get any bullets for this one. Oh, was that I never a had to use it. Oh, okay. Was that a, oh, okay. Because you were usually only, using your main gun. I, I, used, I threatened its use sometimes when we took prisoners. Mm. And we'd, I'd have a couple of the guys in the squad be going over them to make sure they didn't have any weapons hidden mm. or anything like that and mm. I would use this to mm. hold on them while they were my guys were searching mm -hmm. so that's the only time that I never had to fire well, what did you do with prisoners did you have a central point you took them to we'd take them back to our uh, company headquarters or wherever it was at that time mm. which was usually you know eighth of a mile back of the line mm. turn them in there and they'd, they'd send them, they'd call back to the next bigger unit, battalion, mm. that was our battalion headquarters, and then get mm. them send somebody up together. Mm. And a lot of times they used uh, oh, jeep drivers and truck drivers and cooks and things like that to come up and get the prisoners to take them back. Mm. They'd just take them back to the next higher unit, mm. take them out. And, put on transportation back to the, the closest place that prisoners were being held. And a lot of them got shipped back to the States. And some really? Of them, oh, were yeah. prisons over here? I didn't oh, know. Oh, yeah. There were, there were many thousands of, of German prisoners in the States, huh. usually in the uh, warmer parts of the country, so they didn't have to build a bunch of new buildings to mm. keep them warm enough. Mm. And a lot of them, uh, like in Texas, I think Roger was telling me that uh, in Texas they uh, had a, a bunch of them at the at the area near Baylor University, mm. and they were doing agricultural work. Mm. They put them to work, and they should. Mm. They oh yeah. Giving them free food yeah. and everything. Probably giving them maybe times the care that they got in yeah, German right? camps. When when this safety is is up, so the red is showing. It means it's off, mm. and it's fireable. Oh, I didn't really realize that your headquarters could be that close to where you were. Did you ever get? Well, that was just the company headquarters. Right. Well, how big's the company? 130-some people. Mm. Well, um, was there ever any like decent meals there? Did you, did you have sea rations? Once, once in a while, you could, you could get back there, and sometimes they would have um, some food brought up, and they'd have you. Once, once I even got some hot, uh, hot food. Mm. Other, other once. times, usually the. The food was supposed to be hot, but by the time it got there, it wasn't hot anymore. Because yeah. uh, sometimes the the jeep that was bringing the the food up would get under fire, and you'd turn around and go back, or maybe the driver gets shot or something, and yeah. it wouldn't make it. Yeah. They tried to get to get uh, fresh supplies, ammunition, and food, and everything up every day, but uh, yeah. it didn't work that way. Yeah. Okay.
back to this. Oh, let's go back to World War One. <laughs> My uncle Buzz oh. had this medal from World War One. That just meant that this particular one meant that they were actually in service during that war. He oh. never got into combat or anything. Oh, he but, never did. What no, did he do? No, it, well, he was taking training to go over there, and the war, and the war ended, ended before he oh. got there. Oh, kind of like your dad that had. Uh, Sold everything that he yeah. owned, and he was going to go over, and then the whole world. <laughs> okay, many, most of the the things that I have in here are things that I got out of uh, blown up German houses, mm -hmm. you know, houses that were just destroyed by artillery mm -hmm. or bombing or what have you, and it was just going to be destroyed worse than it is if you left it there. So most of us, we could. If we had any way of picking up things, and this didn't didn't really work until the war was almost over. I found one house that had been almost a castle. It was quite a bit large, large house, big, big gray stone place. That I found these in what had apparently been the kitchen, and I didn't know for a long time what the Dickens they were for. But then I I asked uh, a German fellow. Uh, after the war was over there, um, what they were, and they were obviously for on a table because they were in with a bunch of bent up silverware and things like that. They were, they were obviously some table item, and uh, boy, I'd like to find out. So I asked this German fellow, and he said, "Well, those, those are what the he had some pet little word. I had to, I was." Speaking some German then, and he was trying to tell me in German, had some pet little word that he called the rich people. And anyway, he said it must have been those rich people. So this is to so that your silverware, once you have used it, is not when you lay it down to do something mm -hmm. else. You put it like this so it doesn't mess up the tablecloth. <laughs> And they over there don't use, at that time at least, did not use salt and pepper shakers. The salt and pepper were in a little bowl. Oh. And these were used to get the salt and pepper out and put it on your thing and so these these are actually he said they were gold, but I don't know whether they are or not. They're they're to some extent tarnished now, yeah. but and gold will tarnish slightly, but I don't think there's much. So I don't, I don't know whether they are or not. Ooh, interesting. Oh, in that same town that I found those, that was right by the Saar River, the town of Oakland, and um, found this, Ooh, and chilling. one of the POWs. One of the prisoners told me what this was, and I've confirmed it with, I saw one in a uh, museum in the, in the States since. Wow. This was given to, and this isn't a very nice thing, but uh, it's the truth. Uh, it was given to a German mother after they had had so many, and the number is ten, to find out they later. Ten children. They had, she had ten children for the Fuhrer, the leader, Hitler. Mm -hmm. She had ten children out of wedlock. 
Oh, oh my god. They chose the father. It's that Hungarian Aryan yeah. race. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. very sweet. Remember, I told you to try to make all those blonde, blue-eyed. Yeah, mm -hmm. there weren't there weren't uh, many of these ever found because most of them were destroyed by the Germans because they didn't want us to find them. Mm -hmm. Oh man! For, well, because they were probably ashamed of how wrong it really was, and and. and that's probably the most valuable thing I have. Yeah, it's gotta there. be. Yeah. I'm sure there are a lot of there are a lot of museums that love to have it. Yeah, I bet. Oh. Uh, after the uh, the war in Europe ended, but the war in Japan was still going on. So we were taking um, training for going to Japan and invading mm. the their home island, mm. and they figured there'd probably be about it. A million of us wouldn't make it, and then then the atomic bomb came along, and that ended the war within five days. So, I didn't have to so there were uh, several million of us over in Europe. I think I said the number three million seven hundred thousand something like that. That uh, they only needed they they thought maybe five hundred thousand to clear up things and, and handle the government and so on for the first year or so. Mm. So everybody else needed to be gotten home, but they had a, like a 50th of the ships that they needed to get everybody home at the same time. So um, that's when they started moving us from unit to unit, depending mm. on your number of points. One of the units I got to for a while was was uh, in near Bremen, one of the biggest cities in Germany. It's on oh, the North Sea. Uh, and their port is named Bremerhaven, which you can mm -hmm. guess by Bremer, the haven at mm -hmm. Bremer, Bremen. Mm -hmm. uh, I was the sergeant of the guard. I had, I had about 500 people under me. I had 11 in my machine gun squad, but I, I, I had about 500 people under me. With the, most of the supply ships that were coming from the United States to supply these three and a half million people that were over there were coming from the States and coming into Bremen because that was the closest to the major part of the people that were, had ended up in Germany at the end of the war. So I'm up there doing that and the, the I'm in charge of the uh, people that are guarding the, the ships and the unloading of the ships the warehouses there that they were putting all these supplies in coming from the states, all this food and all that kind of stuff. And I can't think offhand what I was, what I was just going to say to uh, show you how it, oh, there, we had uh, along with the, the docks that were there and the ships and all the, the stuff in the warehouses to guard. There were also some manufacturing companies in the same area, mm. and they had been making war goods for the German army, of course. But, mm. uh, now they were just there, and they weren't doing anything. They, they, some of the former workers would come in and just kind of hang around. There wasn't mm. any supplies. They didn't have any orders to do anything mm. by anyone. So. Some of those people I, I put to work for a little while oh, really? and uh, had, them, had them make these things. Oh. And 
they, they shipped them all over. They put them in the uh, post exchanges that were set up all over Europe by then. The post exchanges? Post exchanges uh, is like a little store in, in oh. an army post that, hmm. that, you, that any army guy can go in and buy things. Hmm. Well, they made these, and they're sterling silver, but it's all wow. tarnished now. But they could be cleaned up. It, what is it, an ashtray? It's an ashtray, yeah. Oh. It's, it says Bremen on it. Well, so oh. you put the, the um, German yeah. workers to yeah. work so they yeah. could make a living again. Yeah. And I did that in about a, a month. Wow, that, got, that's pretty <laughs> amazing. I got transferred out that's to the entrepreneur. Else. Man, was that nice of you? Yeah. That is really something. <laughs> I never heard that story before. Uh, went that's through. So while the war was still going on, I wow. missed one in here. Um, we uh, we had gotten maybe maybe 30 years, miles or so into Germany, and we came to a big castle, one of these ones you've seen you've seen pictures, up on a up on a hill overlooking a river, you know, and humongous building. Are you bored? No, no it's okay. interesting. Just checking. <laughs> We got in, and we were trying to clear out the Germans from from this building, because they had been firing at us from the turrets on the top of the building mm -hmm. and so on. So, me and several of the guys from my squad got into the basement, checking to see if there was anybody down there. And the basement was the same size as the upper part of the building, humongous, must have been. 250 feet long, like that, and just tremendous, and high ceilings. Ceilings were, oh, probably as, about as high as the peak of that ceiling out there, the highest part. They were filled right to the walls, clear to the ceiling, with big wooden crates, heavy things. We took uh, bayonets. You guys know what a bayonet is. It goes on the end of a rifle. It looks like a sword. Short sword. Oh. It goes on the end of a rifle. We, you always carried those. Sometimes you can close combat. You put them on the end of your rifle, and you know that was your arm. Anyway, um, I keep losing track of what because they want to get on the side of you. Um, the boxes that yeah. over. We, we pried open a couple of the boxes with bayonets and then we couldn't believe our eyes so what we saw inside so we went down to another 20 or 30 feet away and just went to a different part and pried open a couple more and went to another place and pried open a couple more and they were all filled with just thousands of pencils like that. <laughs> So there must, there must have been, oh, there had to be more than a million of those pencils in that basement. And after, when the war crimes trials after the war were going on, and they found out some of the things that happened in the latter part of the war, the various high German officials sending things of great value out to other countries and then they would plan to go to that other country after the war because Germany was obviously going to be defeated 
and they'd have all this richness then from these things. And I think these are made of sterling silver, solid silver. And they're beautifully made little pencil. But they were going to obviously ship those out to some other country. A lot of them went to Argentina and Brazil. And they pick up, melt the silver down, and sell the silver. Yeah. Worth five dollars a pound at that time. And wow. It wouldn't take many of these to make a pound. Wow, that's something. Sure. Boy, that's amazing. Wow, so it would have been worth, if you could have carried a lot of those, it would have been worth a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Whatever happened to all those? those I have no idea. Those could no have idea. been contributed to the, the um, efforts for the refugees and stuff, <laughs> melt them down and got a lot of money out of them. I hope somebody may do something. Wow, that's so cool. We could care less right then. Oh. You know, it's just interesting. We each put one of them in our pocket just for mm. a souvenir. Yeah. Yeah, I think you had other things oh. like survival to think about at that point. Oh, well, I got uh, also in the, the same house that I got these things. <laughs> I found this. It was a beautiful little box at the time. It had a top on, <laughs> and uh, it had jewelry in it. Hmm. And, well, I got, I was in the hospital one time for a while, and uh, all your belongings that you took over with you, your personal belongings, were with, on the ship. Mm. They had always been on, put in a storage place somewhere safe, supposedly, mm. and then if you got moved, they would be transferred from that storage place to the storage place that was closest to where you were mm, moved to. No. <laughs> well, anyway, the, my, my duffel bag with all my stuff in, my camera, that was, was one that uh, my Uncle Kenny and Helen's husband mm -hmm. had gotten for me, mm. holding camera. And when I had had a chance, one time that I got back on a pass, I was able to uh, put that jewel box with the jewelry in it mm. in my duffel bag while, while I was in the hospital. Between the time I went into the hospital and I saw the bag then, and when I got discharged from the hospital, somebody got into the bag, slit the top open, took my camera and this and some other things I can't remember anymore. Did they, did several people get robbed? Did you know about it? Just like I never found, found out because I was already, when I found out, I saw it, they brought it out and put it in a truck and then loaded me in the truck and I, there's my bag up there. Oh boy, no, jeez. Oh, that was a <laughs> sick thing. Oh, I got one pass to Paris. Oh, really? Wow. I, I got that made uh, there. What did you do when that, while you were there? Oh, you went around the Red Cross. It's the only thing that I ever saw the Red Cross do nice during the war. Was, uh, they would be in the towns that where people would get passes to. And mm -hmm. uh, they would furnish transportation. It was an army 
transportation. They furnished uh, the army. <laughs> they got the army to furnish them the transportation so they could take you around and show you different things. They went oh. to the Eiffel Tower and, oh, and what was left of the Louvre, most of the oh. stuff was out. Oh, it had Germans. been stolen by the Germans. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, there's new stuff. Mm -hmm. Did they recover a lot of that art from the Nazis and, no. and put it Did, back? Did they recover They recovered a lot, a lot of it, but not all of it. Yeah. A lot of it was not. I'm sure a lot of it was in people's private collections yeah. over in Overseas. Uh, it's, it's, you heard me mention uh, dog tags for identification when you're, you're in the service, and that's how that one guy got uh, got called missing, yeah. or he got called dead, and, and uh, he was really a prisoner of war. Because his dog tags got blown off of him, and yeah. they were next to another body, and they got, they said, "Oh, that's him. There's mm. his dog tags right there." Mm. <laughs> Boy, they kind of jingle. It seems like that could give you away a little bit in the darkness. It did. So around. we 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 take one of them and wrap tape around it. Oh, so the so, thing. Yeah. Okay. Huh. It gave all the your your serial number. Uh, your name and your serial number and your next of kin, and their address, mm -hmm. and whether you're a Protestant and so on, so that they knew what chaplain to call to have last rites over you, mm -hmm. and uh, when you had your last tetanus shot, what, mm -hmm. you, what year it was, and what your blood type was. Mm -hmm. All of some medical all, stuff. All in, all in there. Mm -hmm. And then you were supposed to, if you got killed, they were supposed to take the one that's on the little short chain here, mm -hmm. supposed to take it off, stick it in your, between your teeth. Mm. So the people, when they came along to pick up the bodies, they, 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 you would be identified. Mm. Well, they didn't fall out Well, probably did. That's mm. why some of the people got misidentified. Mm. The best wow. they could do. Mm. But they, they put one in there, and this one here was supposed to be still around your neck. So mm. they had two places, mm. two ways okay. to identify you. And, but if you lost them both, you're not locked. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I've got a whole bunch of my combat infantry badge and stuff here, but I'll screw that in, the, in another place. I have them in a frame mm. over there. Oh, so you didn't have the phone number, just uh, just uh, mm. a post office box for Grandma. Yeah. Where's the blood type? In the shop? Uh, it's right after the thing right here. Oh. Oh, oh, they didn't have positive See, and negative. I had back the tetanus then. in '44, and again in '44. Oh, how can you have it twice the same? They at that time felt that. Uh, you had to have the maximum resistance. You had to have one every six months. Oh, and I bet you they were concerned really about your exposure out oh, there well, to <laughs> that right kind to of be. rough, yeah, terrain and life. And I bet it wouldn't. Did your hands like even get all cracked and from mm -hmm. the cold and everything? Yeah. You'd be really vulnerable yeah. to infection. Wow. That's that's what you wear on. Well, I don't have it on there. I took them all off, oh. but uh, that's when you wear on one lapel. 
and U.S. on the other side. Hmm. What did they call those? Insignia. Oh. To show you were in the Army as opposed yeah, to that, that's the Yeah, that's the infantry there. There's there's the Air Force, Air Corps was, oh. and for a while. Were you going to be a pilot and then they, yeah. they closed it? Yeah, it yeah. seems like a pilot would have a better yeah, life in war. Yeah, you'd have better food for one thing because you can fly back to base and do yeah. that all the time. So did the Navy. Yeah, because yeah, they were there in the ship. It seems like the mm -hmm. infantry would definitely be the worst off. Wow. They were for food. Ah, oh, and even heat. Well, if you were a good boy and didn't do anything wrong, did everything right for a year in the service, <laughs> you and you had no no black marks against you whatsoever. They'd give you one of these. Call it, they call it the Good Conduct Medal. How come you don't have that up in your um, display thing? Oh, you, you have gave so you many. One for every year. Oh, so you got three of them. <laughs> he has good conduct medals to spare. He's such a good boy. <laughs> here's, a, here's a little book that I had. Uh, a lot of the, the guys that I ran into that I was friendly with, I get them to write their home address. And the pages are falling loose now. How did you guys ever get together more recently for the reunions? Was it did you was it partially initiated by somebody who called different people they had? Yeah, well, it just little pieces put together that way. Mm. I had uh, kept a couple of a couple of these kind of books and wrote notes, Christmas cards, beginning, mm. and then sometimes they they get to be short letters and and uh, and sometimes the guy the guy would either die or move somewhere else or something like that, mm -hmm. and you lose track of them. Mm -hmm. But uh, I had, see, I had one, well, Wood and Causey and uh, Did Sutton. Did have Causey? Subtle. I didn't have Causey, no. I had Wood and Subtle and O'Banion okay, yeah. and, 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 and uh, one in Washington, D.C. Mm -hmm. They don't care about that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, let me see. Anyway. Oh, here's some. Corresponding with 67, and then mm. they knew one of them yeah. they knew a couple that, more. Oh. That 45 so pistol I told you was my uh, assigned mm -hmm. arm when I went overseas. Yeah. That uh, Those are some that were fired and hit something. Mm. Yeah. Oh, so you picked them up and took yeah. them back. Wow. Hmm, that's something. You can see that those are considerably larger than those, those yeah. ones that, that are here. Yeah. There's that, that little end piece is all the part, see, just, just goes oh. inside the brass case. The rest mm -hmm. is all powder inside there. Mm -hmm. It's just that little, little that's, it's a lot bigger. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is 32 and that's 45. When you go that much bigger in diameter, the circumference is a lot bigger. <laughs> wow. Is this cement or metal? That is uh, copper on the outside and this is lead inside it. See, there's a, just a layer of copper on the outside. Can you kind of pick mm -hmm. it out? Mm. I wonder how much these cause some lead poisoning as well as the other damage that they cause. Hmm. I've heard of the soldiers still having some of the lead in them. Mm. You know, that it was too dangerous to operate and take it out or mm. for whatever reason. Well, yeah. some of, not all of it was lead. Some of it was steel. It was shrapnel, it was steel. Yeah. 
That's what mine is. Shrapnel, yeah. Well, that's good since it's still there. Um, that SS that I talked about. The officers? The, the, well, the officers oh. and all of the SS soldiers and officers, a whole mess of them, uh, they wore this as their lapel insignia, where I wore the cross rifles mm -hmm. up here, mm -hmm. and they, the SS soldiers wore it like that. That's interesting. That's awful. Did you have a lightning bolt here, too? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but that was German. This was US. yeah. This is, yeah, it's intriguing, but I guess it's a big difference. And yeah, that same colonel, I took one of his buttons off his oh, coat. Well, <laughs> I took See? the rifle. Or the, <laughs> and, uh, did he give you the eye when you did that? That's, <laughs> that's that's the German army insignia. Mm. See, there's swastika on the bottom and the eagle in the top. Mm. And on there, that was dress uniform. Mm. This, this was what the, the lowest ranking commission officer, like our lieutenant, mm -hmm. uh, they, this was what they wore on their, their epaulette up here, you know, that little cloth part mm. that goes across the top mm -hmm. of the uniform shirt. Mm. Oop, How'd you get that? I don't even remember. Hmm. You can see where this was from. Oh. Uh -huh. hmm. Hmm. <laughs> that was really a jazzy looking little box when, when I first hmm. got it. Well, how, um, what was the jewelry like? Somebody was still coming. Oh boy, I can't hardly remember. There was you a there was, it was a, an a emerald. There, yeah, oh. there was an emerald, I know, because it was green. Wow. That's about all I can remember. And, and it had, there was something in there with a chain, and I can't remember if it was on the emerald. That's or, what you told me, it was an emerald was it? necklace. Wow. I can't hardly remember that anymore. It's been a long time ago. Mm -hmm. you told me. Yeah, well, it was a long time ago I told you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 40 years maybe. <laughs> maybe longer. And for the... This same officer that wore this on his field uniform wore that on his dress mm, uniform. Okay. Same place on the airport. Mm, okay. hmm. This, I was told, I didn't get this from a German officer. I traded something else for it to somebody else after the war over mm. there. And uh, it was supposedly from a German general, his, his insignia. Oh, wow. Hmm. I, whether it was, I have no idea. Yeah. That's what the guy said. Hmm. The guy I ran into while I was, oh, I didn't even mention, we went for a while uh, before the war ended in, in, in Japan. You know, the, German, the Russians came up and came to Berlin, took Berlin, because we went to the south part of Germany. Hmm. And then when the Russians, when the war ended there, they had a line that had been agreed upon with uh, our president and uh, Winston Churchill from England and the, the um, Soviet Union, their top dog, Stalin. Mm -hmm. um, they met and decided on where the dividing line would be, the, the Russian-controlled area 
mm. in Germany and the American, French, and British controlled area. Mm -hmm. Well, for a couple of weeks, I was sent over there and had a had a guard detail of 15 or 20 guys, and we were guarding along the Russian border area. Mm -hmm. So there were Russians. Every one of our little guard posts on the street was right down the street, maybe 50 yards away, it was a Russian guard post. Oh. We weren't supposed to go down into his territory, and he wasn't supposed to come up in ours. It was oh. like we were enemies. Huh. We were supposed to be allies. Yeah, that's pretty well. It was the first in indication that uh, things weren't going to be so friendly in the future with the Russians. Yeah, I guess so. But anyway, uh, was when, when I was there, and these guys that I was uh, in charge of there, they had, they didn't know anything. Uh, they they weren't in the same unit I had been in. And they, we were all from different units. Mm -hmm. Come together to do this kind of work. Mm -hmm. So one of those guys is what traded me <laughs> this, mm -hmm. this for for something that I had I, that I had two of or something like that. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what, what it was. True or not. Would, was there any um, any of that same kind of hostility when, like, you weren't allowed to go into the Russian er territory and you weren't allowed to go into the American one? What about the French and English territories? Oh, there wasn't any no of that problem. there then? No, yeah, nothing. so then it was, you could see it was already the Russians, the Russians <laughs> were going to... Oh, boy. Uh, they would, they, they, the Russians were, so many of them were... Um, I don't want to use the word farmer uh, as a deleterious term, but uh, they they were mostly from the the low class farmer attitude. They were just completely uneducated. None of them had ever gone to any school. They didn't know how to read. They didn't know how to write. Mm. Uh, they were just they were just terrible. Uh, they knew how to. They knew that this was a gun, and if I pull this trigger, it's gonna blue. And they would, they wanted, they, they had seen American watches, mm -hmm. Americans wearing watches, mm -hmm. and they didn't know, hardly know what a watch was. Wow. They knew what an alarm clock was. Mm -hmm. And they got some, the mistaken impression in this, all of them did, that the louder it ticked, the more valuable. <laughs> this is how they judged. And if you could get a one of these great big Mickey Mouse type watches or something like that that tick loud, oh boy, they'd give you anything. Well, we we did a lot of trading back and forth with them, but boy, you had to be careful when you were if one of them came walking down the road towards your post. You'd see him start. He'd get near the center point between the two posts, and he'd start slowing down, and and he'd go like this. <laughs> he, he didn't want, in case his officer came up behind him, oh, he didn't want his officer to know that he was down there trying to even talk to us. <laughs> so he, he'd come up there, <laughs> if you'd, you'd start down and you'd face, he'd face this kind of, kind of the sternness go out of it, he'd almost smile sometimes. But if you made a sudden move of any kind, say you tripped on something, <laughs> <laughs> oh man! That was an experience uh, in that, that time period. That's funny. Wow. 
Well, did you oh. end up tra doing any trading yourself with him? Yeah, I did. I don't what remember now what I traded. But oh. That button for one thing. That button, I know. I know that for sure. But well, some of them spoke some English then? Oh, I traded. I traded. I, I had for a while some Russian dollars. But mm. then for some reason, not in Russian dollars, but Russian. Didn't rubles? I think they are. Oh. No, they weren't rubles then. And ours, I think. Hmm. I'm not sure. Anyway, we traded for some, I traded for some Russian money. Then I traded later on the boat back to the states. In fact, I traded to to some guy that had been in, in uh, gone to Japan for a little while and then came over there and was going back with us. And uh, he had some Japanese oh. military. Well, we we issued military money like this. This oh. is what we issued in Germany. Hmm. And. I got. I traded my Russian money for some Japanese one because oh. <laughs> the Russian just seemed, didn't seem to me. I hadn't been to Japan, so oh, it was more were, exciting. Yeah. <laughs> so and then I never. I thought, well, I'd be able to get some more Russian ones easy because we're right there by them. Everybody was uh, coming back to the states from over there. Mm. Well, heck, we can get another. I can get another one of those. I won't be getting any chance to get to Japan. Mm. So I traded. I had, to, I had this one, so Japan one, this, this one right here. Oh, wow. I for that one. Oh, so that's, that must be a um, pesos. How interesting. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's a Mex Mexican money. Yeah. Huh. So that was war money too then? Yeah, was this it, was. Obviously yeah. it was in English. Why they used pesos, Japanese. I have no idea. <laughs> Maybe it had something to do with the mm -hmm. Philippines. And the other one is... Mm, this one much? down here is... Probably a museum piece. This oh. was from World War before World War One in Germany. Wow! Hmm. How did you get that one? Do you remember? Found it in a house. And I know. Lauren can't see that. I thought you could. I'm sorry. It's okay. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's something. Yeah, it's amazing how much these look like the American ones. Yeah, well, they're made under style. MacArthur. Yeah. <laughs> Arthur was in charge right then. Wow, that's something. Can I see the other side of them? Oh, okay. Yeah. So they made them pink on the other side. Oh, so that's, that's, what is that, 50 marks? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Lauren's, Lauren's taking just a little bit of German right now. They have oh. a nine-week a little bit of German. <laughs> yeah, a little Deutsch. bit of German. I'm kind of busy. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> you picked up quite a bit, didn't you? Just oh, from I did then. Well, yeah. even now you see it. They have nine-week classes in, in different things when they're in seventh and eighth grade to give them kind of a taste, including mm. all the different languages that they're offered. This is what my mm. my division. Mm. Uh, it's still active, but they're doing different things now. They're they're they've set aside the fact that they were an infantry division, and they are now they call it a regional support command. Mm. It's out in where I, where we trained out on the northwest coast. Oh, okay. And this is the way they have their for their their battle dress uniforms, the camouflage stuff. 
They have they didn't want the bright colors of the other mm, patch. Yeah. So they changed the patch to this just for mm. that the field uniforms mm. the camouflage. Now were you did your field field uniforms have this bright colored patch on? Yes, we did. Oh, okay. So mm. they didn't think of that back then. That that oh, we had to take them off when we went across until they identified who we were. Oh, as and you saw by my no little yeah. thing that she wrote. <laughs> but well, but um, yeah. But once they found out who we were, then they suggested we put them back on but it went quite a while before everybody got them on because we didn't have any place to put them on or anything yeah. to put them on with yeah <laughs> now this is out of our uh, division remember divisions this outfit mm -hmm. 15,000 people when they're at full strength and this is a picture of the town mm -hmm. where the uh, German SS mountain troops first hit us. Oh, and it's so pretty. It's so was that in Elsie's? Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And we have ancestors from there. That's where yeah. the Schenel family is from. That we were looking at that window. Yeah. Did you look at the, Did you look at the picture? Oh, oh, a different I haven't one. showed it yet. Give me a. Would you want to get that uh, picture, you know, in the old frame that's broken on the edge and so on? It's from, I was able to determine who it was, where it was from by, it was taken, look, overlooking Forbach that I told you about, we fought through. Mm, okay. Yeah. Well, that's where that picture was taken, of some of our ancestors. Oh, I think I did see that picture, yeah. That the people that live there now yeah. or live there... Well, there were people that lived there then. Yeah, oh, okay. it was my ancestors. Oh, there's, there's, there's the picture. Were they shadows? Oh. Yeah. Me. Oh, yeah. Okay. so those are okay. Very disinterested. Yeah, That's some of the French blood that's in you. Some of the French. Yeah, uh, the French people there. <laughs> the town around that time period that. Uh, Grandpa actually uh, helped liberating that town, fighting fighting off the Germans that were trying to take over the dog. <laughs> oh, here's something uh, the kids might get a kick out of. Oh, when we were in combat, my squad, which was when we had everybody there, full strength, it was 11 people. And we would if we got into a, an area where uh, we were in a building, you are in a city in a building, and it was a building that we could defend, we would give us some parts of our squad a chance to be on guard, and other guys could get some sleep. Because mm -hmm. many nights you just couldn't get hardly any sleep at all. Mm -hmm can only go so many days like that and you're gone. So I always, I kept this book. Mm -hmm. I used this for a long time. The, the latter four months of the war, I used this book. And start, in fact, it starts in, starts in February and goes to uh, July. Each time that we were in a city and we could could defend our 
position with less than the full 11 people, we I'd fill out this thing, said who's supposed to be on what at what position for what time period during the night, and the rest of the people could sleep during that. Mm -hmm. so, see there. Here's here's one place that uh, we had uh, the machine gun set up on one side of a building, and there weren't any entrances to the building except on the other side. So we had somebody at the door with their rifle and freely looking out, and some two people or sometimes one, depending on what was outside, at the, on the machine gun, so they could fire it from the instant. So, uh, that was February 25th and 6th there, and that's in, that's in Forbach. Mm, um, just looking neat. at that picture. Yeah, how neat. You guys will you can't be getting one of those for your genealogy oh, book. That, 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 that is in Forbach right there. Wow, that yeah. would be Your dad fought during there. Yes. Was this during well, the in fact, soldiers? In fact, yeah. right here, this, this, this right here was taken right here. Is that right? That is the door that they were guarding where it says door. And on the other side was toward a railroad track, mm -hmm. so there was just one one guy on the gun. Mm. And well, this this guy, I still I see him every year mm -hmm. at our platoon reunion. Oh yeah. This guy, I didn't find him until about three years ago. He was all excited to find out, find everybody, and we were going to meet in Myrtle Beach, and he lived up near New Jersey somewhere. Mm. Between the time I found him in June and the October date of our reunion, he died. Oh, he had he had gotten his reservations down oh. to Myrtle Beach and everything. And oh, I didn't get to see that. Let's show her yeah. where you. Well, um, was the building already bombed out when you were there? Yeah, look, uh, most most of it luckily just like this. Really? It was right there, right there. Is this was taken after we uh, the fighting had gone through here, and uh, the the division photographer took the picture. No, but there, there's the door that that I was talking about here. Is that where you were? Yeah, hey, this guy. Oh, just across the railroad tracks from that was well, yes. There's guys on the door, and the guys on the gun were on the other side of this building. Because there was a railroad yard just on the back side of that building, and that's, that's where we had that is where you got hit across that railroad yards on the other side oh, of it. Yes. Where you got hit? Were you guarding a building at the time that you got hit, or were you just no? We were just, just advancing and went across the railroad tracks and under a under a culvert and went around that and started up a street. And we're going to go into a house. We weren't going to a house. We went into a house, just hit the door open and, and went in, slammed the door. This was me and another another guy that was there. Yeah, well, uh, Ingram that's in here somewhere, I think. No, he's not on that one. I don't see his, I don't see his name on there. He must have been back to the hospital or on. Sometimes you'd send a guy out to uh, to help some other patrol or something like that, so he wouldn't wouldn't show up on this. But it was Frank Ingram. He was right behind me. I went through the door. He went through the door, and 
I turned around to slam the door shut. I'd no more than slammed it shut than a rifle grenade or a bazooka type, a tank killer type weapon hit the outside of the door, blew me down the steps. There was a set of steps down to the basement right there just off to the side from the door. Knocked Frank down, but he didn't get blown down the steps. He didn't get any shrapnel at all. That's when I got this. Well, it, it actually blew off your collarbone, didn't yeah, it? And then it that all here. floated yeah. through your system yeah. and collected there. Oops. Wow. But, well, oh, anyway. after that hit the door, did those... But there's, those a, lot of, there's a lot of history in, in those pages there. Lynn was trying to ask you a question. I'm sorry. Well, after after that hit, it's okay to talk about it. After that hit the door, were those guys closing in on you, or were they able no, to? They were they were retreating. Uh, they were just up the street, half a block or something. Oh, and they we were, were trying to move up on them. Oh, and they were retreating, so they didn't hit fire. They had anymore. retreated back to there from the, from they had been right by the railroad tracks, and we had gotten across the railroad tracks, and we're just going a little way into the first block past the railroad tracks, and that's where I was going into that building, and they were up to the end of that block. Mm. So then, were they able to get you out of there very quickly after that? Mm, I don't remember the first part of it because I I think I was knocked out and hit the floor down in the bottom. Mm. You know, the, the only thing I remember is when a couple guys, aid men, were putting me on a stretcher. Mm. Well, I, boy, I bet you that was really especially devastating to your um, squad. Yeah. Frank told them how much blood I had all over this part. Mm. He told the rest of the squad that. I guess they took it kind of hard. Oh, uh, yeah, they probably didn't think they would survive. <laughs> they didn't. Frank didn't. Mm. Honey, oh. I think you ought to... Uh, Honey, I wanted to finish what goes along oh, with I this. I thought you were done with that. No. Let's look at that um, thing. I'll just take it for Frank. Let's turn that off because I'm going to run out of film. I thought I had one. This is some of the decorations that you get. They they put your money. You probably noticed in there is a bunch of uh, a bag with a bunch of, of ribbons on, little ribbons that go across in the chest. Well, each of those ribbons are just a, a composite of this upper part right across here. Those colors are on the ribbon. Those, they mean a certain thing, and so you can tell what the what the metal is because you don't wear these things. Mm. on your uniform. Mm. You just wear the, the ribbon that shows oh. you have them. Okay. Um, the Good Conduct Medal. Mm. You saw several of them in there. Mm. The, you saw the boxes at least. This mm -hmm. is good in there for a Good Conduct Medal. Mm -hmm. And if you were in the... See, so it didn't do very much to get that. Uh, if you were in the army in the United States during the war, you got this medal. Oh, so you got a another, real pretty one. <laughs> big, these are big deal medals. <laughs> uh, in order.
later and at the end of the war if you were in the war at all you got that medal victory medal were, look, oh okay so if you were <laughs> even with a what if you like worked if in a you were a over typist there down in Columbus Ohio and okay. you were typing were letters for the army you got one of those oh, okay so it was everybody so, yeah. uh, and also while you were in the states you could you could and did get this kind of medal it was for how you were able to handle a firearm mm -hmm. and you could get this this is a marksman which is the highest oh. they go uh, uh, I can't even think what the lowest one is anymore Shooter. Uh, no. <laughs> but uh, the second one was expert and the third one was marksman that was the highest you could go and I had that in the pistol and the carbine which is oh, the wow. ones that I was supposed to be my my stated arm mm. when I went overseas mm. even though I had qualified for the same amount in in uh, all the other weapons that mm. an infantry rifle company which I was in has mm. you had to be able to fire and know how to clean and dismantle and everything with all the weapons that were in your mm. in your company so that uh, this is the only one that you don't get a ribbon that goes with. Mm. You wear this as it is on your shirt or your coat collar. Um, let's see. This this is supposed to have four stars up here, but I didn't have enough stars when I was having this made so I had to, I put it on with the, mm. the two stars that I could find mm. but it's supposed to have four stars one for each of those battles that we mm. considered oh, okay. to be in yes. mm. it's a European African Middle Eastern campaign that's, <laughs> the, that's, that's the one ribbon you get for the whole thing this is opposed to the Pacific campaign. I thought, what else is there? They that's, really covered a lot well, of territory. Well, if uh, if there had been no, if there had been uh, any fighting in, well, if, if there were, there was fighting in Alaska, and there was there was a ribbon just for that. the Alaskan campaign. I had no oh, idea. Oh yeah, they they fought in uh, Adak and uh, um, I can't think of the other ones anymore. There are three different islands that, that they fought for up there. The Russians had already occupied it right at the start of the war when they hit Pearl Harbor. And in fact, we had one guy that uh, in, came in into a, my squad for a while that what, had been in ADAC and was involved in that, that fighting up there. Well, who were we? Who was trying to take him over? Was it who the, the Jack? Who was trying to take over Alaska, the Japanese? Well, the, the Aleutian Islands, which is part of Alaska, but they yeah. are way, going, going way out yeah. across, they, they are closer, the, some of the outermost ones are closer to Asia by far than right. they are to North America. Right, but but the um, the Japanese were trying to take those? Yeah, they had Why taken you know three, three I islands. I that, so they yeah. actually occupied just a little bit of the United States, yes. and that's the first I ever knew that. It is. I knew they had bombed us one time in Pearl Harbor. And other than that, I thought that the war was completely off of U.S. soil, but obviously it wasn't quite. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. and uh, that wasn't the only things that uh, landed on U.S. soil. They sent a lot of a lot of bomb-carrying balloons 
non-manned. There wasn't anybody yeah. on them, bomb carrying balloons over on the winds, because the wind, the trading oh. winds come across from the west to east. Yeah. And they landed all over the west coast. I didn't they know They caused that. a lot of scares. Did they hurt anybody? Did they sometimes land? Uh, one, one did in uh, somewhere, somewhere near uh, Bremer. No. Oh, what's what's the town north of Seattle that uh, we had that radiation in for? Vancouver. No, 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 no. When we had the uh, pop's cousin was lived in. Anyway, a town north of Seattle, maybe 40 or 50 miles. One came down in the schoolyard. Did and it, it, yeah, it exploded, but it uh, was, the kids had just gone in from a recess, oh. and it landed in the schoolyard, and it injured a teacher that was just hurting the last kids through the door, oh. and the teacher was only one exposed, and got hit several times in the back. Oh, my. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't, that? it was, a, uh, it wasn't let be public knowledge. Oh. For until many, many years after the war, oh. because they were afraid of panic. Oh, that wouldn't happen in this day and age. The media no. would get all of it, and it would be known. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Well, it was under. We were already under wartime rules. Okay. And okay. you didn't, you didn't put anything in the media unless you had clearance. Oh, that's... <laughs> put it in. I guess that was wise. It, it, really it had to be. To panic. It, it was not a democracy in, in many ways during the war. It can't be. Yeah. Got to go into survival mode. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's something I never heard of. Didn't yeah. learn it in school. <laughs> and Mike, you missed that one. And this one? Across. I haven't there. done any of these. Okay. Well, I was I was just happened to work from the bottom because I was trying to do it by as chronologically. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to mix up ones that happened during combat to ones that happened when we were on the rifle range in the states. Mm -hmm. uh, when you were in combat, the word was a significant amount of time on front line. You earned a mm. combat infantryman badge mm -hmm. and you got an extra ten dollars a month mm -hmm. and that was big deal then oh it was worth a lot more like oh maybe yeah like 40 or 50 and dollars. boy a lot of generals tried all kinds of shenanigans to get one of these because it was the most prestigious you know what that word means i assume mm -hmm. uh, do you know what it means it means it's just you know, the greatest thing that can happen to you People think a lot of it. Yeah. It's the most prestigious award in the services of the United States. Oh, and it's for spending a lot of time in combat? Yeah, Why honorably. Honorably. There are a few ifs and, and buts about it. Well, why you know? would a general go for that? Like, they he already have, to have it prestige. Because he can't wear one. He isn't allowed to wear one because he hasn't earned it. Right, but what, why did they go through shenanigans to try to get one? Because of the prestigiousness of it. But if everybody knows that they didn't earn it because they don't well, know that. Well, you, when, you, when you go wa walking down the street wearing it, nobody knows whether you earned it or not. <laughs> but you can't, <laughs> you can't have it. Uh, the Army will find out mm. <laughs> if you, will, you wear it and you aren't supposed to. Mm. So a few generals did actually earn it. 
Oh, Patton got one because he was being stupid more than any other thing. He did, he did a lot of wild stunts. Yeah. He, like something was he, was, he was a show off yeah. more than anything. And he didn't care much about his own people. Mm. Anyway, uh, this, these are both Bronze Star medals. Mm. I didn't realize you got two. Yeah. What did you get them for? Well, I got the first one, this one, for when Herb O'Banion and his squad that was on a patrol with, with me and my squad, he got pinned down just off to my left a couple hundred yards. And we were just trying to, we were going, it was supposed to be a, a reconnaissance patrol. We were looking to capture a, Got a prisoner and be able to interrogate him, find some information. Tone of his voice because he he was a sergeant of another squad and and uh, I had a lot of to, things to do with him at different times. We'd go to meetings together and plan the next move and so on. So I knew his voice and his voice had fear in it. Mm, okay. So he was. They, they had a machine gun going right over his head, and he could just barely keep clear of it. Because mm. he could see the tracers. <laughs> right, he said mm. later, he said they, they were going right through my hair. Mm. He didn't he didn't mean his hair literally, but they were going yeah. right across the top of his head. He had telling them, of course. But uh, I said to my guys. Said, we got we got to get through here so we can stop that machine gun because hey, he's really pinned down over there and they're gonna he's gonna find they're gonna find some way of lowering that that gun a little bit maybe move it off to the side a little bit so it wouldn't hit a hillock or something like that mm -hmm. so they'd have shot a clear shot at him uh, boy he's gonna get it if we don't get it there and I, I thought how in the devil with, with uh, the firing they're doing right down there they can also fire right over here we we can't try even think of going over the top of that fence. They just pick us off like chickens. So I don't know how I did it yet. I went up and I tore that fence open. How I did it? Wow, that's a miracle! Wow. Hey, Pete, talk about it. Oh. Amazing. So you, you we got we got in there and and uh, we hit, put a, one of our guys was bring, had a bazooka along and fired a bazooka down toward the machine gun and they pulled back. Wow. Pulled the machine gun back. So then we were able to get into the other that side of that corner of the building, our corner of the building, and we just started going through it. And we finally got them all out of there. Oh, no, it well, wasn't just him that was trapped. He, oh, his whole squad. Oh, he was down on the ground, but they were trapped in the building yeah. behind him. Wow. No, they were on the ground with him, right in the same I area. I didn't know that. I thought yeah. it was just him. Wow. Yeah. So the whole squad was down yeah. there. We could have all. Wow. When I first met Obi, he, <laughs> he used to say, "Your dean saved my life." <laughs> Save the whole squad, it sounds like. Yeah. Wow. Oh, you're Dean Save. That's amazing. You pulled apart the thing. I don't know how to do it. They say you get superhuman strength from 
plant like that. I think they have a guardian angel yeah. on their shoulder too. Yeah, that's not Anyway, wow. this one you get for being part of the army of occupation after you you win the war and you're mm. trying to clean up things and get rid of snipers and some of the people that didn't find out the war was over and <laughs> stuff like yeah. that. It was true. Yeah. We had to go on patrols and I, that's the only time in the, in the whole time I was in the army I ever drove a jeep. Oh really? <laughs> I was leading one of those patrols to go out and clear out some little pockets of resistance somewhere and I said, I'm talking to I'm, I'm in charge, I'm going to drive the jeep a little while, see what it's like. <laughs> My turn, bike. <laughs> what were so they I like did. to drive? Huh? Jeeps. What were the oh, jeeps they're, like? They're just bumpy and rough. <laughs> <laughs> they, well, they weren't meant for comfort. <laughs> oh, um, that was kind of nice that, that uh, we had some benefits from those patrols after, after the war. And over there, it was still going in Japan, and we were mm. taking training. Most of the time, it was ta taking training to go in, on the beaches of Japan. Well, um, uh, anyway, in that army of occupation, we you got a you got a medal for being part of the army of occupation because it was it was dangerous duty kind of things we had to do, but we were able to to uh, get some deer. We we go, go oh, through really? some woods roads and and uh, or they call them forests over there, mm. and, and uh, we shoot some deer and take them back to the to the company's uh, well I'm sorry but we were hungry <laughs> we take them back to the company cook and we cook oh. hmm. well when you'd find these pockets <coughs> of resistance was there any way you could just get a megaphone and tell them in German that the war was oh, over oh yeah you tell them and they'd say oh yeah 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 I guess you just right. want us to come out in the open right right that's right I guess <laughs> well, I would yeah, that's right. My goodness, that's kind of sad. It's like they're still fighting. Oh, in case you ever want to know uh, what outfit I was in, this tells the total thing right oh, here. Okay. 4th Platoon, Company A, 276th Infantry Regiment. Each one of these is a bigger unit. Mm. 70th Infantry Division, U.S. Army. Wow. Mm. Okay. Oh, go ahead. I was going to ask what the other Bronze Star was for and why it has moved. Oh, really? Okay. Is there significance to this little? Yep. Thank you. Oh, oh, that's you. Yeah. Here's a, here's a good-looking young gal I talked to a number of times. In Germany? Yeah. What What was she doing out on a boat? Oh, she, this is a picture she gave me of her. Oh, I didn't take the I picture. See. And she wrote a, she wrote a, a poem to me in German. Oh, did she? What does it say? Do you know? Uh, Lon lonely am I. Uh, see if you can read it. Einsam bin ich nicht allein. Nick is nicht allein. Nick is nicht allein. Mondenschein. Moonshine? Yep, that's moonshine. Sure enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, lonely am I, but not alone. You're with me when the moon shines. You're. Uh, oh, that's kind of. You're sweetie or something like that. We'd say in our. Oh. It's a kind of a slang over there. Oh. Galiptus. Oh. And I give you this picture. Oh. 
Always your Margaret. Oh, Marguerite. Marguerite, because it has an E on the end. How did you have opportunity to talk to her? Oh, she, she and her sister and her mother had been living in a house, and the army took it over for a billet, since she had a, uh, a sister, the mother had a sister that lived just on the street, and they could stay down there. Mm. And we had to have some place to stay after mm. the war was over. We weren't going to stay in tents. Mm. And the Germans all living in their houses, so mm. they they just they they paid them for the use of it, oh. but they in effect told them you must move. Option, yeah. But see, they'd come down nice. and clean the house once a week. Oh, that was nice. And just talking. It's nice. They came and did the clean. That's that's how I learned some German. Oh, from her. From her oh. and well, a few of the other people too, and then oh. I was so. Pleased with myself one time, even though it was kind of a, situ a funny situation. The German, the German soldiers were coming back from, they were walking back from wherever they were at the end of the war. Some of them were in Russia. Oh, yes. And they were months and months coming, getting home. How did they but eat? Uh, one, I don't know, off the land, they'd say. Probably the girls. And here's one I picked up in a German house that was uh, just blank on the back and I sent it to my mom and dad. Oh, <laughs> neat. Cute. You can read it if you want to. Okay. What I said. That, was, that was about uh, seven or eight days after the war was over mm -hmm. yeah, in Europe. Here's one that was just about to come apart from being folded so wow. many times. Found that in a German, found out German house. That's wow. Hitler. There he is. Is that an actual photograph? Or yep. just, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's one of the most evil people that ever lived. That certainly maybe caused the most devastation that originated from him and his ideas of anybody. There are other people that did that same sort of evil stuff that they didn't impact some of the people. At least some of it. I think the Nazis probably went to some extremes that most people don't think of. History Channel? No. We don't have really. cable. Oh. Boy, there is so much stuff on that. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And it, uh, it's really worthwhile because yeah. you can see they, they have different programs of actual tapes and that. You, you guys have heard of Belgium? Yeah, how they do yeah. to people. There's a, that's that's legal yet. I'm pretty sure it was wow, then. Really? That's Belgium wow. money. Cool. Oh really? Here's one from France, and it's fallen apart. It has fallen apart, but <laughs> this has what the U.S. just went to in the last year with new money. And this, oh, they had this. This was prior to World War II. They had this wow. In, the, wow. in the late 30s. See the, oh, yeah. see the watermark? No. See, can you see against the windows over there? See the watermark in there? To keep it from being easily counterfeited. Mm -hmm. yeah. wow. This was from World War. 
It was before World War II. Are you going to put it in that little plastic? I'm going to put it in some kind of a, a plastic envelope. Yeah. Mm. What was this? <laughs> it's the oh, it's uh, one of the shipping orders. I'll <coughs> where they, they, they ship you somewhere with a certain list of names. And this tells you where you're going. There's the, the different people from different companies and so on. Mm. This was when I was so proud of Oh, were you an Olympic It always seemed odd to me that they took you out of that program that only a few people could pass the test to be into, and then you, all of a sudden you were a private again. Mm. Yeah. It wasn't for very long. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, we recognized pretty soon. Yeah, this is, this is uh, just after the war ended, uh, that's mm. about a month, and that's not in Germany. Mm. Our our uh, regimental newspaper. It's uh, four uh, companies, mm. so it's about 500 people. Mm. <clears throat> that was in in activation day. It was uh, the anniversary of when our division was formed. From the cartoon and things that they probably. I don't know if there's something here. Oh, yeah. I went to church at this. That's where our church was. Oh. It was in Company A. Our, oh, church okay. was, our church service was there. Oh, neat. Fun spot in there. Hmm. Did you, you didn't do that much during the actual uh, war, did you? Did yeah. you much of a chance to go to church, or did you? During the actual war, when you were in the States, you did. But when you were over. Mm -hmm. Oh, in combat, oh, you no. had no chance to. Yeah, Zero. So. This was... Mm, wow. This, this guy was, he was uh, given a battlefield commission. Okay. Made him an officer right on the battlefield. Oh. They offered that to me and yeah. I didn't really take it because they were sending them right up to Japan faster than anybody else was going then. I wasn't in any hurry. <laughs> it's okay, you can keep your hands uh, I thought this was the one that had a particular article in. Oh yeah. Uh, this would be worth it for you to see. Uh, it's not a, a normal operation, but the kind of operation we did quite a few times. And you ought, you ought to read this article right here, and it, it will take you a little bit. You can't, hardly can't to read it at the same time. But you maybe you could. Maybe if we turn it like this, and you come over here, or watch out. I'm going to read it right after you. Give us the rest of the info. Hello. Our tape recorder is going. Okay, that's right. They're, they're reading right now. I can shut it off for a little bit while they're reading. We can read this later. I and you want to ask well, a question? Is, yeah, it says in the article that you hit a, they hit a minefield as they were sneaking yeah. in in the middle of the night, but they managed to bypass it. How would they do it? We, we had three people. Hey, the, it, I'm sorry. 
Now, the question, please. <laughs> um, it just says that when you're sneaking through in the middle of the night and got into a town that the Germans already thought they were occupying, said that they hit a minefield, but they managed to bypass in it. Um, what wow. did they mean by that? How'd they know it was a minefield? Well, it, a bypass is a poor choice of words. The guy that wrote this wasn't on the patrol. He no. was a guy from probably the battalion headquarters. Mm -hmm. Hardly ever gets near the front lines, let alone in it. Mm -hmm. But um, what you, uh, when you have a, an operation this big, you get several people from the combat engineer platoon that's attached to the battalion, this, mm -hmm. this battalion, and they have mine detectors. You've seen mine detectors. Oh, okay. Uh, they had something very similar then. Uh, they had take mine detectors, and the we usually had three guys, and they rotate in the front of the column. They'd be the first guy there, and they would sweep, be sweeping with the mine detectors. They found a fine mine. Then one of the other fellows <coughs> of the three combat engineers would stand right by that mine mm. until the the group behind passed and then then the second one would go back and switch with him to let get the next group passed to to go past that mine and when they find another one they'd switch people and sometimes they'd even have to they'd run out of people with the three of them they'd have to use, use some of us Mm -hmm. And they used one of my guys in, in, oh. in my squad mm -hmm. to stand by a mine was, that keep anybody from walking on. So you did all this. You had without... to do all that with hand signals, and oh. uh, there's no whispering anything allowed. Wow. But you can't you just can't when you're doing yeah. something like that. That's amazing. Five hundred people sneak in past all these. Well, the worst part was going party. down that cliff. Oh, that'd be incredible. But it said that they dropped their weapons, but yet how could you do that silently? No, you them drop them doesn't mean physically drop them. Oh. It means lay them down. Well, how, did, how could they get them down the cliff if they Then you them pass down? them down. Every, oh. every so often the, the line would stop and you'd pass a line of weapons down. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> it took a long time. Yeah, yeah. I don't know whether I don't even remember how long it took, but it seemed you, like it seemed like four or five hours. That you was, ought to put an X by that thing that you were in, so that uh, you know. She, she circled it, but it might be nice to mark it. I was. I had, I had underlined it here. Oh, um, you underlined the company. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Company first battalion two seventy six. Oh, okay. And I put Dean up here. Oh, okay. Hmm, well, that's something. We should have that copied because it's getting in pretty yeah, right. battery shape. I can't even get things laminated. I don't know. Yeah, but I think that. if we get copies, it will. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Oh, there's the, the uh, division chaplain wrote me that. Oh. After I got that one. Oh, congratulating for you, for you Burns. Awesome. Let's see, I guess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I guess you want to make it blue. 
Why is it here? You ever see some money from Belgium? So if you went over there, you could buy things there? Yes. Mm -hmm. Is this in Belgian or German? That's Belgium. I'm from Belgium. Well, but some people said what? I thought Belgian people spoke German. They do. Before you get into showing the other girls that, you ought to finish this up. This is all German here. I can't read it anymore. I'm just in Spanish. I think that's a different language, maybe. Yeah. Before you get into that, I, I think you ought to finish up this other stuff. I've got a couple of reminders that you had mentioned to me. Right. And I've got a couple of things I wanted to ask you about. Too. You better get them going because I'm wearing down. Are you? Uh, okay. I've been talking for a long time. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Do you want to finish yeah. later, Dad? Yes, yes. I can't understand you. Then. It is the tape recorder then. Oh, yes, the tape recorder is I think recorder, you want to uh, explain about how you got your feet frozen and being taken to the hospital. Well, it That's wasn't a in, single incident, honey. It was, it was over several weeks, continuously. Yeah, but the worst part was when you were dug in and you were surrounded by the SS. And well, that, that was just one... One episode out of out of a couple of weeks know, of, of freezing when you temperatures. I know, but that's you got to the hospital for freezing your feet. Yeah. You, well, tell them that. I guess I just did. Well, <laughs> we didn't hear the rest of the story. What happened in the hospital? Well, we got taken in late in the afternoon, and one do do doctor looked at me and, and said, uh, to what I assume is was the head nurse. It was a man, but I'm, I'm assuming it was a nurse in the way they talked to him. And he said, uh, you better get him over to surgery. And I'm like, surgery? Uh, uh, better think of the cutting. And so they, I went with the guy that took me down to, I assume it was a, a tent right outside the, the Building where they were doing some surgery. They took you to a tent. Wasn't yeah. it cold in there? Well, it was cold, yes. Yeah. True. But they didn't have much. They had one little building, and the rest were in tents. Mm. And the building uh, was where they were doing the surgery, I guess. Mm. They were operating them in there. And then uh, two, what I had to assume were doctors, they were both captains, came by and they started talking about my case, and, and one, one, one wanted to see it, the other one had already seen it, and one wanted to see it, he said, I don't know, he said, uh, I think I think we probably ought to, ought to, he said, get rid of that, or get, go get rid of those right now, or something like that. Lead, it, Gave me the distinct impression they were going to cut off my feet or my legs or something. Oh. And the other guy said, "Well, why don't we, why don't we wait till the second shift?" And they <laughs> must have had some other some breakdown where they were changing people or something like that. And so they they put some uh, warm blankets out of 
They had some kind of place where they warm blankets, and they put some warm blankets over the lower part of me. And I don't know how long it was. It seemed like days, but it was just an hour or so, I imagine. That uh, another pair of doctors. One was a captain. And what the other one was? The other one was something higher than that because he was telling <laughs> the captain that, well, I think we'd better take him over over there right now. And uh, I said, what, what are you planning to do? And they must have heard the, the concern in my voice. <laughs> and the uh, captain said, well, we, we were uh, thinking that we better get those, those feet off because they're they're uh, turning into something worse. So he probably meant to stand green going right up the legs. So I said, I said, I, I'm getting some feeling back. And I was getting a tiny little bit, but boy, I stretched it. <laughs> I said, I'm getting some feeling back. Why don't you, can you wait till tomorrow morning? Give it, give it a chance. And the two guys, they, were, they went outside and had a discussion because I could hear their voices once in a while, not enough to know what they were saying. Mm -hmm. And they came back in, and the, the guy that was obviously in charge said, uh, uh, we're going we're gonna to give you, I hope, I hope it isn't uh, a mistake, but we're going to give you a tomorrow morning. Mm -hmm. So then, the next morning, that uh, captain was one came around, and he said, you're, you're making a lot of improvement. He said, I, I think we're going we're gonna to wait a little while. Oh, wow. Kept putting it off. <laughs> Finally, they said, well, we're, I think we do. Thank you. I'm gonna hang on to him. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Otherwise, you just well, what I was talking about is that you had told me that you were dug in and were surrounded by SS for how long? Two, three days. Not three. And when you went to get up out of the foxhole, you couldn't walk. Yeah. But that, but leading up to those three days, we had been in uh, 10 to 20 below zero and no external source of heat at any time. Couldn't ever have a fire because we were in, we were in tough fighting. Were you fighting a lot of that time? Did you just yeah. keep coming along and shooting them? Yeah. Shoot back? We'd take a little territory back and then lose it again. Those guys knew how to mountain fight a heck of a lot better than we knew. We didn't know anything about how to mountain fight, and they'd been mountain fighting for two years in Finland. So that's the that's the story that uh, you told to Lauren, yeah. but you didn't mention the frozen feet. Well, there's a lot too. Well, so they many had better equipment too. Okay. Yeah, the the Russia the the Germans all had white camouflage oh, yeah. covers and. They had all the all the mountain equipment. They even had uh, collapsible snowmobile or snowmobiles, yeah, snow uh, <laughs> shoes hanging on their backs. They could put on to go across the snow, and we'd have to struggle through it. Oh, we had man. khaki overcoats on. Wow. Can you imagine seeing those against snow? Oh man! They'd sneak up on us, and we wouldn't even see them because they were invisible again in the snow. Wow. And you guys still won that battle. 
Well, how many of the other people? You okay? You want to do this later? I don't, I don't want to do it at all, really. Oh, you don't? We want you to feel forced, then, don't you? Well, stop it. Well, we later, you'll have to do it later if you want to, and if you don't, you don't have to. You wanted to ask something else, honey? Oh, I thought that you were talking to from Jake. Company at that last reunion, yeah. And you were talking about that red-headed coal oh, yeah. miner that was so tough. Oh, I remember. Oh, part of the story I told you, but I didn't mention this particular part of it. Uh, I told you that was the first time we got in real combat over there, and that I was I was in the still in the company that I went over there with, trained with, went over there with, and. One of the, the non-commissioned officers in that company, a staff sergeant, outranked me. He was a red-headed fellow from in the coal mines in Pennsylvania. And he was one of the four, he was foreman in the mine. Mm. Tough-looking guy, tough-talking guy. That first mortar shell that came in, he let out a shriek and went running toward the back behind the lines. We never heard from him again. Mm. What happened to him, we don't have any idea. <laughs> well, uh, Mr. Tuffman. That was in that cemetery. Um, did okay. you ever tell him about being captured? No. I didn't know about that. Or did you know? Well, it wasn't, wasn't any big deal. Uh, got captured when, when some of us got cut off. We were on a patrol and we, we got cut off because the Germans were moving up. We thought they were moving the other way. That's what we'd been told by our intelligence that they were, they were moving and they were retreating in our area. And so we were going out to try to get a prisoner to take back and see if they really were retreating or not. And, and uh, lost my turn of thought. You, got, you said you got captured. Yeah, I was trying to get kind of into it. Mm -hmm. Anyway, we, we we got, three of us got cut off, and we never did know what happened to the third guy because he he moved a different direction from us when we, we got cut off, and we got surrounded. Uh, just <laughs> we were probably in the middle of 150, German soldiers. Oh, goodness. So they they were retreating, but at that time they were moving forward in order to get into a better path or retreat. They were going around the hill. They were coming forward at the time, but they were going to go around the hill and go back. And the guy that uh, that was with me and me, we got cut off by the whole group of them. So. They put us in with two German soldiers to guard us in their in their land, a train of people going around the hill and heading back toward toward their lines. And we got some mortar shells coming in, and boy, all the all the German soldiers scattered and looked for cover. Well. The two guys that were supposedly guarding us, 
they were too good of soldiers. They, they started looking for cover too, so we started looking for a way out. So he, he ran one direction and I ran the other direction. We each, I think he got into a ravine and headed out, and I know I did. There were two, uh, was a ravine on either side of us, and he headed that way and I headed this way, so they wouldn't, I thought, well, at least they won't catch both.